Hello and um, back to the Hive this week and a slightly different format uh, for today. Um, we're joined by Lorna Leeson, Joe Dodds and me, Joe Moffat. And we're going to have a bit of a discussion around an article that we saw in the press this week, uh, an announcement from Twitter. And Twitter have said to their people that opening offices will be our decision when and if our employees come back will be theirs. Um, and we thought it would be interesting to discuss and see what we think about that. How practical is that? Is that a good idea? Uh, what do we think about it? So, Lorna, do you want what? Do, what's your take on that? Um, I've, I've got two takes. So one is brilliant for them. I think that's a real um, example of uh, putting trust in employees and a, an adult to adult working environment that really trusts people and gives them the flexibility to choose how and, and where they work best for them. I think that's mm -hmm. fantastic from a cultural point of view. I think it's also a nice bit of PR for Jack Dorsey, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, I think it's great and a great model for white collar working environments for office based people. I think we need to be really careful um, not to forget that there are probably 75% of our workers in the UK who aren't office based, who mm -hmm. need to go to a physical work environment to do whatever it is they do. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting, there was a bit of a, a qualifying statement at the bottom of that um, article, which was if they're in a role and a situation where they can work elsewhere and if not the office will be welcoming and safe for them yes so he really qualified that you know this is your choice but if you need to be in mm. you're welcome yeah and you know it will be safe yeah I, I, yeah I noticed that I thought that was really important that our offices will be their warm and welcoming selves and I thought how lovely what a lovely concept that was um how many offices could you say that of as well yeah not warm and welcoming mm. yes <laughs> and safe and safe no you're you're right i mean it's interesting isn't it that whole thing about people who are not it's it's very easy to sort of just glibly talk about people everyone's working from home well they're not yeah you know they really mm. really are not um mm. and uh some some time ago on the engage for success radio show i had somebody on talking about flexible working and the importance of it and how organizations I, I sort of challenged her to say well how do you make that work in in the company where people traditionally are expected to be present like call centers for example um and uh, and she was she was sort of talking about the technology now that really does enable people to determine their shifts log their shifts book their shifts and actually work in a flexible manner um that you would know a few years ago you just never would have would have thought about really so joe what's what's your take on that i know you you found the quote didn't you so yeah it struck a chord with you yeah really pleased to see it and as you say i mean i keep banging on in every video we do about uh, the importance of treating people individually and and in the way that they want not in the way that you think they want and not creating this uh, sort of wonderful scenario that uh, you think sounds great but you know in the end they don't so I think as you say that the fact that they're saying you can work from the office and you can work from home and actually we're not going to force that on you either way is, is really good and um, uh, you know my husband's working from home and he's been they've been having discussions about the fact that he's going to be doing that moving forwards and perhaps one day in the office a week and he's not actually that keen on it he doesn't like um, or so he says working from home I think he's I think I've said this before I think he's doing fine but uh, you know they, they've they've taken it the you know the other way and actually that, that's two quite distinct policies isn't it for the same thing sort mm -hmm. of 
you know, which is that the office the offices um, could be available, but actually we're not going to make them available, or we are going to make them available. It's quite quite different, and even though that both of those would be term flexibility. Um, so you know, going back to the thing about people getting what they they want, this really gives that that opportunity. So I yeah, really like it. So uh, yeah, well done, Twitter. I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> and it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, it's what what this whole crisis has shown. It, it's absolutely blown a, a gaping great hole in this sort of idea that flexible working is somehow just for working mums I mean you know we, we know it's not yeah. but you know it's just blown that to pieces um, yeah. and it's interesting again we've already seen before this a, an increase in men taking and applying for flexible working we had a, a radio show again engage with success radio show conversation about that a few months ago as well so we were already beginning to see an increase in interest amongst males asking to work flexibly which is something mm. that hasn't really happened very much mm. up until up until you know the last 18 months two years um, and, and isn't that the point yeah so i was just saying isn't that the point that it's oh my voice is going <clears throat> that it's flexibility it's flexible not yes. working from home yes. so we, we tend to conflate the two but actually flexibility could mean that you're working from a coffee shop or you're working full-time in an office or you're working from your client your client's office or, or whatever you know it, it, flexibility yeah. we especially now we're yeah. sort of saying oh it's the same as working from home and, and actually that isn't yeah. what we mean is yeah. it it's a mindset shift isn't it i think that we're talking about and i think we're starting to see the phrase rebuild better come through i thought one thing that was interesting at the end of that um cnn article was they it, it sort of explained the mindset challenge for me the journalist had said well you know of course you've got all these people working from home versus opening up the economy mm. so there's a mindset that that some organizations and individuals have shifted to which is humans need the flexibility and the autonomy to design and shape work that suits best for them and that's when you get the best output from them and mm. then the best value from them um versus the kind of the old mindset which is stuck in the industrial age of we need to see them measure them control them manage them yeah. and mm. that's how we know they're doing yeah. productive work yeah, yeah. absolutely and this whole ethos of um presenteeism inputs these are all the things we measure well actually no what we should be measuring is the outputs mm, and mm. if you if we're setting clear objectives if we commit to deliver clear objectives and trust our people to to do the work they need to do where they need to do it when they need to do it that's got to be yeah. a better better solution for everyone but it is quite often driven by the experience of the people making those sort of top level decisions, isn't it? So I, I saw someone on LinkedIn, I think yesterday, of a, a, it was a, a guy saying, oh, you know, when are we going to be able to open the office again? Um, and I, I looked a bit close, more closely and, and he was a lawyer. And I was thinking, well, you clearly want the office reopened and maybe you want everyone in the office, but you probably can quite easily operate your business without everyone being in the office. Uh, and yet that was the sort of message. And if that's the sort of chief executive and the senior team wanting everyone in uh, immediately, you know, you haven't got that potential flexibility. So I guess it does take a different sort of leader, um, mm. even if it doesn't suit them to understand that other people, you know, can work in a different way, in a better way for yeah. them. It's a, it's a new type of leadership, isn't it? It's a way mm. that is command and control. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And trust. Yeah. And um, it's not this kind of parental view of leadership but actually mm. you know you're an adult working with other adults who can mm. um, make their own decisions it, which yeah. which picks up on one of the things i think we touched on in the very 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 first hive that we that we had where we were talking about emotional intelligence and recognizing that actually for 
for some of our leaders and senior leaders in organizations this is a really difficult situation for them because they're used to the presenteeism of their people around them their validation comes from being visibly present and being mm. seen by their people to be part of the exec you know and yeah, yeah this is yeah. this is a very very different thing so yeah um, yeah yeah it's interesting and it? and to pick up on what Lorna said about the sort of white collar blue collar type sort of scenario there's a tendency if you just think about it simply to think that this sort of stuff can't happen in organizations where they are more frontline and more sort of needed and, and aren't working in an office you know more needed at the the sort of um coalface as it were but i saw another article this week about um, mercadona the uh supermarket company in in spain who i've followed along with via a podcast i listened to a little while ago and it was just really interesting you know you think supermarkets they are key workers you know they're there they've got to be there they're doing more than they've ever done they're recruiting and everything else uh what uh, the founder of mercadona has done he's, he's put his full-time staff onto a four-day week um but on full pay until the crisis is over so in effect he's trying to reduce their contact with the issue make it less stressful for them because they're not working as many hours but he's not dropping their pay in any way which is quite a fundamental thing particularly for a supermarket company with that many Phenomenal. I was reading the article as well it's really really inspiring I mean not only is he is he doing that he's given them a 20% bonus to mm, mm. recognize the extra work kind of stress and everything that they've done and he is he has given up his annual salary and yes. his dividend and his bonus and that's like billions isn't it well, yeah. I don't know what it is it's like million, 1.7 million is, is, is annual salary never mind his uh, his bonus yeah exactly and and it, it just sounds amazing but I, I, I listened to a podcast a, a couple of years ago uh, and it was a sort of academic study of retail mm. and um, they were one of the organizations that were held up as real exemplars and they talked about very much when crisis hits whether it's a, a downturn in the economy or uh, I guess you know now not that it was predicted uh, that Mercadona and, and companies like that actually focus on their customers and their staff so they make sure they're well stocked and they treat their, their employees well and, and they really hunker down with those people and tell the shareholders they're just going to have to ride it out and wait for it to improve and actually what happens is as they come out of recession or um, this particular situation they will recover quicker than the other retailers and the other um, similar organizations who haven't done that who have tried to focus on profit and actually in effect cut a lot of the other loyalty and you know whatever else from there yeah so it's really interesting that that's what i'd heard before and now i've just seen a great example of that and and it seems like the sort of thing that companies can't easily do but he's done it so yeah yeah fascinating yeah it's really really interesting i was um just going to give a plug to this don't normally plug books on the hive but grow the pie uh, i just started to read this and it's by alex Ed edmonds and he's um professor of economics at london london business school uh, professor of finance sorry at london business school and he talks about exactly that it's about growing the pie and you can either be a pie slicer as a business where you're looking the pie stays the same and you're trying to get a bigger share you'll make your slice bigger but inevitably that's at the expense of other stakeholders within the organization which include not you know not just shareholders employees the community you work in the, the country that you you, you contribute to um, yeah. or you can look to grow the pie mm. and actually mm. look to increase and add value and to grow people's share by growing the pie overall and adding mm. value to society which so far really really good read and what's interesting Brilliant. is it's utterly underpinned by that rigorous economic evidence mm. um, not just you know does this feel good but actually can we prove that 
approaching a business in this way works. Yeah. So your homework, Joe, is to um, bring back some thoughts from that for a future video, please. All right. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. And I was just going to close by saying I think it's it's a brave call to action, isn't it? Because of course it's you know if you're if you're afraid, which everyone is at the moment, and business leaders are at the moment, what you try and do is you look to protect your interests and yes. stay safe, and you look to the ways that you've always done things. Yes. And what the likes of Twitter and Mercadona are doing is saying there there might be a better, different way if you just shift your thinking. Yeah. And I think we, to do we in our hearts believe that, and it's good to see some real economic rigorous evidence to demonstrate that that's the case Definitely. as well. So, lovely. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Lorna, Thank Joe. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>